0: Welcome, everyone, to our Advent Series podcast called A Journey Through Advent. I am Neil Cheshire, and I will be your host today. And joining me is the one and only Mother of Denver United Church, Mari Brindle. Pastor Mari, how are you doing today?
1: Pastor Neil, super happy to be here. I'm well. Thank you for inviting me. Yes. Um, No, these have been an encouraging. Encouragement to many people in our church, and so feel honored to be a part of it today.
0: Yes, I can't wait to dive in to what we're talking about today. If you're joining us for the first time, uh, we have been walking through the Advent season, and we started with an intro to Advent, and then we talked about waiting and what is active waiting, and then uh, hopefulness, redirecting, refining our hope so that it is in Christ. And then last week, Pastor Daniel did a wonderful job talking about watchfulness and what it means to be watching for Jesus. Jesus, something that he commanded us so many times to do in scripture and watching for his arrival in our lives. So today we are culminating the series, and this is the final piece in the Advent series, with worship. And so from waiting to hoping to watching and then worship. Hmm. So uh, so Mari, I think to, to kick us off uh, today, uh, the first question I have is, what does that look like? What does worship in the context of Advent and of waiting, Uh, what does that look like for us as followers of Jesus?
1: Mm. Well, first of all, I love worship. Um, It's definitely been a tool in my life that I've seen God use over the years, probably of all the practices, um, the one that has maybe brought the most fruit in my life. Um, So because I love worship so much, Christmas is like the best time.
0: The most to wonderful worship. time of the year, right? You know, <laughs> it
1: is. And I think like these old carols there is like something so powerful about mm, them. Yeah. Um I mean we of course we've been singing them for, you know, like h- I wonder how long they date back. I'd love to actually research that. I mean they're right. so hundreds of years. old, yeah. And it there is just something so powerful. I mean tradition is one thing, but it's Another thing when you are singing something in regularity that is tradition, but it's it is connected to a deeper truth, deeper promise. And yeah. so, I don't know. when the minute we I, I can't wait for you know, silent night, anything to come out on our worship set when yes. I'm always like looking at Casey's list or whoever's <laughs> leading, like dropping when are we suggestions. Gonna sing it? <laughs> yes. Hey you know, Cason, uh, what about this one? <laughs> yes. I just I can't I can't wait for Christmas music. So um yeah I just think that it is a a Christmas time in particular an opportunity just to reflect really like on the year, of course as we're worshiping God, but in the bigger picture. You know, when you come to the end of a year, you're thinking back on everything to some degree that God has done in your, done in your life, hopefully, right? right. <laughs> yeah. That's, I mean, the goal is to be reflective at this right. time of year. And so I think that Advent gives us this opportunity to truly, like, thank God in, mm-hmm. in a specific way, because you're ending a year, but you're also reflecting on like what he's done in that year, but then who he is in the big picture mm. of creation and right. living on this side of history, on the New Testament side of history, of knowing that Jesus came in a baby and, and he rescued us. Right. And we we know that, we sing about that in our worship all year. But of course, Christmas is the is like it's like the magical where the light breaks through in the dawn of in the midst of the darkness, that we right. get to reflect back, and it's just—it's a deeper level of, of a, what? I mean, I, I hate to use the word over and over, but I wonder. Yeah. That it really is worship is a is a is filled with this. The world would call it magic, but it—it's really the wonder of Christ.
0: Right. It's like a visceral. There's like a visceralness to it at Christmas time. Yeah. Like a tangible picture and image that we have. You know, a lot of times with worship it can seem like it's more above our heads a little bit and a little bit like we're reaching. Yes. But but what I've noticed with Christmas is it's like a focused worship. It's directive mm. of like yeah we are worshiping the arrival mm-hmm. of God coming to earth. And I know, in what you said about reflection, I, I feel like that's, that's huge because we're, the idea of Advent is we're waiting. Mm-hmm. Like we have this hopeful waiting, kind of looking ahead, but in, in, in order to maintain hope, mm-hmm. we also have to look behind.
2: Mm-hmm. We have
0: to, right. We have to mm-hmm. reflect on what God has done and then that kind of revitalizes our active mm-hmm. waiting and our hope to keep on holding on mm-hmm. and, and being steadfast and true. Uh, and so we can reflect on what has happened and then mm-hmm. let that build up gratitude in our hearts and worship for Jesus. And, mm-hmm. and that's what's cool in the whole, the coming of Christ, right? Because mm-hmm. we've had a coming, mm-hmm. the first coming, the incarnation That we can look back and worship, and then which gives us faith and hope for the next coming, right? The return of Christ. Totally. Which is awesome. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I think of that word Selah that you read about in the Psalms. And of course, Psalms are so, David used those words to write these songs of praise that we sing Mm, to this day. And that word Selah is that stop and pause. And I feel like Christmas is the great pause right? It gives us this chance to reflect back on our lives. But to a lot of, I think that Selah is so powerful because unless you stop to pause and reflect, you can miss what we've been waiting for Mm. or what, you know, this time of, of arrival expectancy, it's like, it takes a pause in the midst of that. And I feel like Christmas gives us that chance to really stop and reflect and be quiet, and, and then to see, oh my gosh, God really has shown up in my life this year, mm. man. I want to sing about that. I want to worship Him for that. He really has. I'm, I'm, you know, like we can just keep going about our day and miss it,
0: right. you know.
1: But it's, um, so yeah, that kind of comes to mind.
0: Right. That that pausing, pondering. Um, I think I was it. I think Darius one time <laughs> preached a message on the pause, ponder or something like that, mm. um, and it, so was, it was really, really meaningful and really powerful. Yeah. And so, so um, in this context of, of Advent, and we're looking at the coming of Jesus and, and God becoming man and that, that becoming a part of what inspires our worship, mm. um, uh, another question I have for you is, in this particular season, mm-hmm. as you mentioned, you know we we said mm-hmm. it earlier on the podcast it's the most wonderful time of the year but not, this not year. right but, <laughs> right. but that, i think that's uh, dependent on the person right Right. you know and yeah this year has been really unique in that sense but and then also i mean uh, i mean you mentioned when you preached as well just the idea that not everyone is loving the christmas music or not you right, know whatever right, and right. and so that's not true for everyone and then even in a Um, in a more deeper sense, um, you know, there's a lot of people dealing with a ridiculous amount of hardship Totally. um, right now in this season. So how do you worship Mm. and have gratitude when all you've experienced is just pain and hardship, especially this year?
1: Yeah. Such a good question. I mean, it's, the reality is that is the human experience, right? Of, of, Worshiping God in this human flesh because, you know, that scripture that says in this world we will have trouble. And right now we're in the midst of a lot of trouble. Right. You know, we've lived it for most of the year of 2020. And it reminds me, as far as worship is concerned, I remember a time when I was in college, I had stayed in, in Tulsa. I went to school in Tulsa, Oklahoma, stayed to work in town my junior year because I wanted to get a car. And um, I had not had a car up until my junior year and I was done like fetching rides right. from <laughs> everyone and their brother um, and was like, I need a car. And so I stayed in town so that I could um, save up and I worked at this wonderful little restaurant called Bravo Ristorante. Resorant- Restaurante. and Yes. It was Italian and I sang. It was very fun. Um, but it was a... It was a very challenging summer for me because it was the first time that I had really worked in like a, you know, had been in this Christian school, been really around believers all through in my freshman, sophomore, junior year, and then go to work in this restaurant. And I mean, it, it, I, yeah, I don't know how to quite describe, except it just was like a lonely season, you Mm -hmm. know, um was ostracized for going to the school that I went to, was, you know, worked with a couple of people who had maybe been pretty burned by the church or religion and just like, I don't know, this one particular guy was just like would come after me about my faith and it was just like mean, you know, really, really mean. And it was – and it, none of my friends stayed in town, so I had no community. And the roommate that I was living with worked a different schedule than me, so we hardly saw each other. So it was literally this – I go from this amazing year of all this fun and excitement and social, and I'm a very social person, really? to, like, working. <laughs> yeah, unlike you, the introvert, Neil. Right, right. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, working and going from that environment to, like, this total quiet – like hard being really like, it was just like a trial of a season and then having no friends around. And through it, it really was also, a turned out to be kind of a bit of a deep night of the soul for me. It was probably the first time in my faith journey that I had to actually ask the question, like, do I really believe all this stuff I've grown up with? You know, everybody has right. to come to that season. So long story short, I had to walk through this and was really came back to school in a real funk. I hadn't resolved it all. And here I was coming back to my senior year, and I was supposed to be a spiritual life dorm director. <laughs> like, geez Louise. Like I had to like be the chaplain over the chaplains in this whole dorm. And I was on the like wrestling through, do I believe the Bible?
0: That's a lot of pressure.
1: Do I believe this? Yeah. Like, and I was I was feeling pretty depressed, I would say, lonely, discouraged. I mean, I was definitely like, that joy that I normally have was not around. I was a little bit cynical and just everything about our university was annoying to me. I was just in a funk. And I remember being a part, we had the Spiritual Life dorm director, they made them sit on the stage, which was weird. But we had to like be up there and like worship with everybody. And I just felt like the biggest fake, you know, I just felt like, I'm struggling, and here I'm supposed to be the spiritual leader, and I'm like a mess. Like, I don't know if I believe this anymore. And so I was working through that season, and it was not until like probably the end of the fall when God started really beginning to show himself to me in a personal way. But I still felt like I was finding my faith again but I was pretty cynical at the church. Like, that's how it goes, right? You get this little bit of your own knowledge, and all of a sudden you want to start pointing (laughs) your finger at everybody else, like, look (laughs) at all the fakes out there, you know? And you get all like, oh, you all are a bunch of, you don't even know. Uh, You're just in this big bubble, you know, (laughs) and you just don't know anything. Like, you need to go in the world, you know? And so I was like Miss Higher Than Mighty, like, cynic person. And I was just not a good spot. And I remember being... In a, in a campus ministry service, everyone's worshiping the way I normally do, and I am just sitting there almost with my arms crossed, like, I just want to get out of here And I felt the Holy Spirit say to me, "You can move out of this this I don't know funk that you are in, but it's going to take it's going to take a physical action on your part, like you're going to have to worship me in a physical way." And I was like, "What? Like I don't understand, but I really felt. God asked me because I was, I had moved through my own journey, but I was still stuck in like just a funk. I don't know. And I wanted to get out of it. And I couldn't, I couldn't just quote the scriptures like before or do the things, you know, that in our spiritual practice that, that usually has worked before. That's maybe biblical, but all of a sudden it's like not working and it's like tanking and you're like, what's wrong? What am I doing? What's wrong with me? And that was the only thing in that time of total, like, silence that I felt from the Lord. I felt him asking me, will you worship me in the midst of this? When you don't understand and you don't like your environment and you think it's all a hoax, are you going to worship me? This isn't about other people, Mark. I'm asking you right now. And so I remember, like, feeling this, like, sense of, like, big brother, like, st- are you like crossing his arms right. i mean are you going to do it you know and i was i wrestled through the entire service with my arms crossed i just was like having this thing with the lord and finally at the very end i stepped off the stage and went found a spot by myself and i started worshipping god just slowly with my hands raised and then i then i would start lifting my hands a little higher and then i started singing and toward by the end i literally started like dancing, which I didn't, I mean, I kind of did earlier on, but it was like full on. It was weird. It was like, it came over me and I just wanted to praise and I didn't care who was watching. I didn't care who was fake around me. I didn't care about any of it. I just like decided I'm going to worship God. And there was like, from that moment, there was like this breakthrough Mm. in the midst of this really funky time that was, that, it felt very dark. It was like the season like that felt truly like I just was in darkness. Right. And it broke in my life from that act of worship. Wow. So
0: Yeah, it's like it sounds like it was like an act of faith. Yes. Like I mean, the idea of I don't want to do this. I don't even know if I believe in doing this.
1: Yes.
2: But I'm
0: just going to do it. Yes. In faith because I I feel like this is what I should be doing this mm-hmm. is what i need to do mm-hmm. in this moment and then because of your faith and because of your obedience to what the spirit of god was saying to you then he just you know steps in and but like i like what he said is that he you felt <clears throat> like you needed to do something active. Yes. Like, I need to act. Yes. And and it's, and I feel like that mm-hmm. is ultimately like the kind of faith without works. Like it's, totally. I have to act on this. Right. And, you know, if I really believe this, then I need to have an action, even if I don't feel it. Yes. Um, and then just this amazing breakthrough happened in your life, which is, which is so amazing. And I feel like, I I feel like there's a lot of people probably listening who have had maybe similar scenarios happen in their own lives where Mm -hmm. they felt, didn't feel it. And they maybe stepped into a church service or they turned on a, you know, radio station, Caleb Mm -hmm. or something. And then, Mm -hmm. and then they just started, like you said, Mm -hmm.
2: they
0: had an act of faith and then God showed up, Yes, you know? Um, yeah. So I think that, I think that, is hugely important, and I think there's probably a lot of people listening right now who they're in that place, mm-hmm. they're in a dark place right now, Yeah. and they've experienced a lot of hardship this year, and they're hearing this, and they they believe, and they believe in Jesus, but they're just not feeling it. Mm-hmm. Um, do you think do you think we could we could take these last um, couple of minutes here mm. and and just lead? Uh, lead our church in a in some sort of practice where we can mm-hmm. n- kind of have an opportunity, create a space yeah. to act in faith absolutely and worship.
1: Well, I think the encouraging piece um, for those that are really walking through trial right now, I mean, gosh, we've had, I mean, you and I both, Neil, have been in conversation and prayer and time with people who have literally lost loved ones in their life. And there's mm. so many dealing with profound loss this year. And I think the encouragement to us as believers is when we read through the Psalms, you know, David was the psalmist that we sing many of our songs from today. He encountered great, great suffering. And I think recently I saw a statistic that over 70% of the Psalms are laments. Wow. And you don't think about that. We think about the Psalms, you think about, oh, praise him, all you creatures, you know. they, they, 70% are about laments, about suffering, about pain. And when you really see Daniel, or da- Daniel, David, David, <laughs> David um, you see his like pain, like he, he was at times like, I mean, people might've like in our modern day may have said, I think he's like losing it right now, you know, and how, how violently he would express his anger toward God at right. times, how he would question God's presence in his life and his, he just emoted, you know? And I Mm. think that it is such an encouragement to us as we do this little practice here in a second of like, just finding that permission that God wants us to come in our pain, that we don't have to have the feeling to worship, that we don't have to come with, oh, I feel so good right now, so now I can worship. Actually, it's the opposite. He invites us like David to come in the midst of... Of the pain that we're experiencing, and and David talks about how he told, he spoke to his soul right. and said, "Soul, I will." How the scripture, the one of the psalms says, "How, why so downcast? Oh, my soul, put your hope in God."
2: Hmm. Yet,
1: and then he talks about, "Yet will I praise Him." And so many times you hear him complaining, complaining, complaining to God, right. and Yet. then the very last verse to say, "Yet I'll praise You." Yeah. Okay, but <laughs> David. You're, I'm really sucky right now, God, right. and my life is really sucky. But okay, yeah, well, I praise you. Hmm. I don't know how. I don't feel like it, but I think that's a great invitation to us. Um, so,
0: yeah, it's like honesty is our honesty with God is an invitation yeah. for Him to come into our lives in the real part of who right. we are and what we're dealing with. Yeah, so, totally. Yeah. So as we as we close our yeah. time together. Um, yeah, do you want just, to just take a moment here and let's uh, let's all, um, wherever you're at, just uh, we encourage you to engage with, with this practice.
1: Okay. Well, I just uh, chose a song, O Come, O Come, Emmanuel. I'll just sing a line or two um, because one, it's Christmas, and two, it is such a beautiful picture of the longing for a Savior. And for many of us that are in pain right now... <sighs> That is the longing of our heart. is the, is the peace that or the comfort that we desire. And this verse, this verse says, "O come, O come, Emmanuel, uh, ransom captive Israel. Who mourns, for he who mourns and is in Israel. You know, it's yeah. again this permission. You can bring your 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 pain to God. You know. So um, I think for me, when I do this at home, sometimes when I'm just feeling really down, sometimes I'll just, even if it's one line that I can physically just express to God, and you don't have to have a good voice, <laughs> it doesn't matter. It's it's singing from your spirit, um, your heart, and that's, that's the biggest thing. It's not getting the notes right, the words right, but like being able to come to God truly with your heart in song. And song can be spoken. Uh, it doesn't have to be sung, but right. I'll just sing that line right now.
2: <clears throat> oh come, oh, come, Emmanuel, and ransom captive is Israel, that mourns in lonely exile here. Until the Son of God appear. Rejoice, rejoice, Emmanuel shall come to thee, O Shall come to thee. Oh is right.
1: And I might just end by saying, God, thank you that you come to us. In the midst of our suffering, in the midst of our pain. God, we choose to rejoice. And God, right now I just tell my soul rejoice in God. In the midst of the suffering and the challenge, whatever it is that I'm facing, that you might be facing today, God, we just choose to rejoice. We choose to praise you. God, knowing, Lord, that you will come to us, and we thank you for that, Lord. In Jesus' name. Amen.